Hello and welcome to Know That, a Real Housewives podcast. We are back again. How's everybody doing? Good. Good. How are you? Great. I guess we should introduce ourselves. Let's do I it. I am, as you know, Quentin oh, Lamar. Right. I'm Anthony Casella. And I'm <clears throat> Donnie Hatfield-Smith. Yeah, still us. <laughs> so what's up? Tell me, talk to me, y'all. What's going on? I have a confession to make. A few weeks ago, I think... The conversation primarily happened on the Instagram where Summer House started and a large swath of people said, watch Summer House, get into Summer House. You can start from season three. Please start. It's incredible. I didn't start Summer House, but what I did instead was I tripped and fell into a below deck marathon over the weekend. And now I'm a deckhead or a deckhand. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm using words like bosun, like a bosun knot. I, I guess I, I don't. I still don't know. I'm just using the word. There's someone <laughs> on below deck who's a bosun. I think that's like the title outside. Outside, yeah, it's his title. Oh, I don't, I, I don't know what that is. I yeah. I don't know either. But I'm using the word. It's not going <laughs> to stop me. But I'm saying things like, "Well, she can't do that. She's interior." Like I, I'm using like the lingo, but I have like a, a loose grasp on what it all means. But I'm okay, very so you found it. a new addiction this week. Basically, yeah. I didn't. I mean, I guess I did realize there's like below deck, below deck, Mediterranean, Mediterranean. below deck sailing yacht. <laughs> And then below deck kids when you can see them as children. <laughs> but I do have an ask. Um, I do have an ask for people because um, I, I I won't put the work in myself. I want to know, like, below deck isn't a show where you can't enjoy it if you haven't seen like seasons, the past seasons. Like, it's not Mad Men. But I do want to kind of get like, <laughs> I kind of want to get like the hits of the best of past seasons. So I'm still not getting into Summer House, but I will ask if anyone <laughs> would be so kind. Um, I Please just give me like a season number and an episode number of like the best below deck, below deck OG and below deck Mediterranean. I have no interest in sailing yet. I like Captain Lee. I like Captain Sandy. I would like someone to point me in the direction of the episode where one of the stews is that the right word is kicked off the boat because she has um xanax like give me the greatest hits i want (laughs) to know that slide into my um instagram messages anthony f casella c-a-s-e-l-l-a i'm serious i want to know like what the best episodes are i don't know i don't know which like franchise it is if it's og mediterranean whatever but cynthia and her family is in one episode they're like the guests on the boat Okay, I knew that. I did know that, but I ha- I've never seen that. Below Deck is like a dream I had once. Like I, I could picture like the one chef, like the British chef. Uh-huh. Like I-, I could hear him yelling. I know that Kate is something. I was going to ask you, re- where does Kate come in? <laughs> I think she's on Below Deck original, but she left. But then I just heard she left chat room. So my question is, where's she going? <laughs> right. She's leaving a lot. <laughs> Anyway, that's what's going on with me. Know it alls. If you know the answer, slide into Anthony's DM. <laughs> Please, I'm serious. An ep- a season number and an episode number of the greatest hits. I need them. <laughs> okay, Man. and how are you, Donnie? <laughs> um, my binge this week was not a Bravo binge, but 
I can't stress enough if you can get your hands on it. Hulu. Um, a very Brady renovation is fascinating. They take the house that was like the exterior for the Brady Bunch, and then they remodel the whole inside to look like the set. So they have to like... Ooh. Yeah, they tear rooms out and then they have to like build an extension, but they don't want to build up because then if you're looking from the street, it won't look like the exterior anymore. So mm. it's just nuts. And then Eve Plum, the whole, all of the Brady kids <laughs> in there. So Eve Plum is just, she's so weird and she's still so bitter to this day. Like, <laughs> really? Yeah. So like they do a very good job of making sure her and Maureen McCormick don't have like scenes together. But then even when they like cut to Eve Plum really quick. It's always just her like <laughs> it's so good. Wait, Donnie, she's clearly just- not re- she's not there for what they're doing. Like she's you know the check cleared and I'm here, but I'm not reminiscing. Like that's the vibe you get from Eve <laughs> oh Plum. It, it's gosh. like it's like watching somebody at a family reunion. It's very realistic to me. <laughs> Donnie, educate me because I don't know that I knew this. Like, um, Maureen McCormick and Eve Plum don't like each other in real life and didn't get along during filming of Brady Bunch? Yeah. So, Maureen McCormick never, like, flat out says me and Eve hate each other in her book, but there's always been, like, (laughs) tension. And then if you see, like, interviews after the Brady Bunch, Eve Plum is always, she always wants to distance herself from the Brady Bunch. I was... I was trying to think of it, like, why does she hate it so much? And I think Maureen McCormick, people look back at her and still see Marsha. And Marsha is like a pretty popular 16-year-old. So for people to look at this 50-something-year-old woman and say, like, oh, you're Marsha, that's a good thing. But then for people to yeah. do it to Eve Plum, they're like, oh, you're Jan. That I probably wouldn't be happy with people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's tough. That's a tough look. <laughs> Watching the tension between uh, them and Cindy B and Maga is very interesting to see to me. I mean, she doesn't openly talk about it, but she looks Maga. I think you know what I mean. Like, yeah, she, she got the bangs for like it. She, she looked like <laughs> yeah. she voted a certain way. So I don't know, but um, well, we know she got fired for like saying that like homophobic stuff. Well, not I don't think she's afraid of gay people. You know what I mean. She's just hateful, probably. I so yeah, but she, was I, I, she got yeah, fired from her radio show because she called someone the f word. Yeah, okay. You can only do that if you are the f word. So <laughs> that's true. You can't you yeah. can't do that. Um, so that's what I basically have been doing with him. That was a really inefficient use of time. But to everybody else, like I say, like you know, it's worth if you got some time. Watch these old people renovate this house. Um, I think what the most fascinating part is is you just, I didn't realize like what you can do if you have money. You can make your house look like whatever you want it to look like. Are they themselves, like the cast shows up, is like Barry, what's his name? Barry, Greg, Barry? Barry, um, God, what is his name? I don't know. I just want to say Barry Watson. Watson? (laughs) Not him. It's not Watson. Barry Richards? (laughs) Barry. Barry, Oh my God. When I started (laughs) Barry, no, Barry. We when just I started. started this sentence, I knew it, and then I Marine lost it. Marine McCormick, Eve Plum, Susan Olsen, Mike Lookaland. Not Barry Bonds. It's not Barry Bonds. <laughs> I know everyone's name except his. <laughs> Sorry, I'm looking. It's it bad because we just literally watched a week's worth of this show. We watched like a show a day for a week. 
I have Barry no Williams. Ah. Barry Williams. Okay. Is it is it Barry Williams and cast like taking a sledgehammer to a wall or they're just showing up to yeah. look around? Um, both. Yeah, <laughs> both. It, they try to <laughs> make enough. you think they are sledgehammering a lot more than they are, but they do actively like do some work. Impressive. Yeah. All right. How many episodes is it? So there's seven, but you can, there's four real ones and then two like behind the scenes. So you can skip the behind the scenes ones. Mm. And then the Christmas special. The Christmas special is incredible. It was a a Christmas special while they're renovating this house. Once the house is, they come back, they decorate it for Christmas. (laughs) Oh my God. It's great. (laughs) It sounds good. Donnie loved it. I almost cried. If, um, not not Florence Pugh. I'm sorry. Florence Anderson. <laughs> but she's dead, right? She's dead. She's dead. But okay, there was so like a did not tribute episode to her where they like put um the robe she wore on top of the bed. And I cried. <laughs> Aw, that's sweet. Yeah. It was touching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Florence Pugh. <laughs> Flo Pugh as the mom in the Brady Bunch. In the reboot. All right, oh let's gosh. get let's get to some housewives. <laughs> Yeah, this has gone on. I mean, all I asked was how y'all were doing, and I got this below deck madness. This is what you get. At least Anthony was on the right channel. That's true. Luck, pure luck this week. (laughs) Well, anyway, um, I'm glad you're all doing good. We're back here again to talk about what's been going on. I'm happy about that. Guys, we have some exciting news too. We are launching a blog. It's going to be uh, on our podcast page. We will link to it in our show notes. It's out. It's out now with this episode. Um, every week, I'm just going to be kind of writing a column esque uh, essay or just some of my thoughts about the housewives in general or things from the the episodes from the week so that's out now and it will be a new one will be out every week so go check that out and read a little bit of my writing about the housewives let's first uh thank lily who gifted us on buy me a coffee and supported the show we thank you very much for your generosity to help us maintain this craziness and um lack of haircuts (laughs) because it's not going to any of that for us and thank you, Lily. Uh, if any of you thanks, Lil. <laughs> she is starting, ain't she? she she's starting. <laughs> Don't say she's, she's starting. starting. Don't say she's starting. She's starting. Uh, if you'd like to support the show like she's starting, uh, visit buymeacoffee.com backslash know that pod and you know, come up out them coins. Yeah, you could be starting too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. S- start with us. <laughs> What's wrong with us? I feel like something is so crazy here. Um, it's a very Rosie O'Donnell energy, which I also watched oh my four God. hours of that on YouTube yesterday. Don't. The don't, her old don't. show? Yeah, just interview, random interviews, like her and Mae Whitman. <laughs> she was wild. It was like it was like some circus animal got its own talk show. She was just like so wild and crazy and like yapping in people's faces and singing theme songs. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I get where she's coming from. I, I too. <laughs> understand that but it was it's just as an adult it's a different vibe than watching it when you're like 12 (laughs) i should go back and watch i love rosie do you guys have like a celebrity that you will like 
you you took to them in childhood so you'll like defend them to the death no matter what not that rosie like overly needs defending but we've had our moments but um like just someone who you're like oh god i love them like rosie is that for me I told Quinn yesterday when we were watching the Rosie show, I was like, I'm so mad at my mom that she never took me out of school to go see the Rosie show. <laughs> That's something she can never give me. <laughs> Wait, is it too late for me to say that my person like that was Bill Cosby? <laughs> hey, what's true is true. Yeah. Yeah. Nostalgia. I don't I don't defend him, by the way. I, I was I was just <laughs> Yeah, but you can still love his work. He could still get to be your person. Yeah. He's not. I was just really just making a joke. Oh, see, com- oh, okay. comedians well, have no space. Well, well, it's what he would want me to do, right? Like, <laughs> my persons will be go. No, he he'd want you to pull your pants up. <laughs> he want me to pull my pants up. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, Whoopi is a good one. Whoopi's a good one. But she doesn't really do anything that I think is really controversial, um, except not wearing a bra, which I think makes her a pioneer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess we're um, done with with this um, here. We've done, we 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 checked in with each other, right? We're done with this. We're, I would say so. No more shows, no more. All right. Yeah. So now we can move on to talking about Dallas. All right. Um, you want to take that, Donnie? I would love to. So before we get into the episode, let us really quick. Brandy posted a vague goodbye message. I guess it's not really vague, but basically that she's leaving the show and all different housewives from all different cities commented and said like, you'll be missed, blah, blah, blah. But basically the message just said, I'm choosing to set myself free and lean into Jesus. I want to thank you all for being a part of my journey these past few years. I've loved sharing my life with you, but sometimes things come to an end and the best kind of endings are happy endings. I choose happiness. Anthony, you were saying last week you want her gone. So (laughs) congratulations. I guess I Witch. I guess I made this happen. This this was this is an odd one for me. I feel like I could normally put my finger on like whether or not this is someone walking away or whether this is someone being fired. I I really I can't figure it out. I'm leaning towards someone walking away, but then the timing of even that is odd for me because it normally happens um after as we're kind of like gearing into a reunion or after the season. I don't know what's going on here but um you're right i I don't i don't dislike brandy aside from her um her you know mocking asian video from a few years ago like i i just never had anything for her or against her like she didn't she wasn't an important part of this show for me I, i am not upset to see her go i like brandy i think brandy's fun or at least I like a version of her that I've seen. I'll say that because I don't know who she is. And she's done some really offensive and disgusting stuff. Up until the Asian video surfaced, I would say that I thought Brandy was fun. I didn't agree with everything she said, or especially in the show. But I thought she added something. And now I can't really look at her the same way. And having Tiffany there has made it even bigger to me and... I don't know if that's why, if somehow that's involved or she's been fired. Like you said, like, I can't tell. But I do know that what she was doing as far as, like, interacting with Tiffany or this, I don't know how she was set it up to kind of, like, victimize herself now against Tiffany, whatever it was she was doing. It didn't distract from me what she did, and I couldn't, like, forget it. So I think, you know, they set the precedent, even if, you know, whatever, 
Leanne left, she should have left already, in my opinion, just because of the precedent set. So however I feel about it, I think she should have still been gone anyway. I agree, but I do think the timing is weird. She, I basically think she's leaving because of the video and the backlash and stuff. Maybe, maybe not, I don't know. But if she was, why not leave before this season? And then if you are going to do this season, why quit before the... She has to come back for the reunion, right? Tinsley never... had to. Oh, well. Um... Yeah, oh, that's, yeah, that's true too. That was an odd departure I do think she'll be well. back. Yeah. It was odd and quick. It was, that's still one of my favorite moments. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen some rumblings that maybe there's something else that happens this season that she can't come back from. Oh. I don't, I don't know if she like trips up again. Um, I, It's a true, like, I don't know. Yeah. Wish her well. They're a very dangerous territory. <laughs> once you open up that, which I, we already have as a country, but once you open up people being held accountable for their behavior with these types of problems, then you open yourself up to everybody judging that. And it could have gotten bigger than that. And if she's done anything else, and I mean anything else, dead in the water. So that yeah. could be what happened. We'll find out, I'm sure. So let's move on to the episode then. So this is our vacation episode where I didn't know that this trip was for Carrie's birthday still. That was like three weeks ago. How old is this woman already? (laughs) She is. I saw Oprah. Oprah did less for her 50th birthday than Carrie. (laughs) (laughs) Truly, this is the third episode that it's been mentioned. I've had less individual birthdays than I've seen Carrie celebrate her one birthday on the show. <laughs> uh, but here we are on a tour bus, <laughs> rock star themed oh God. to go to, I don't know, Austin or something. I, I don't know where. They, yeah. <laughs> so they take the tour bus and Brandy brings a blow up doll named Captain Dick. <laughs> Which... Quinn, you said it that this, you said it before in one of our episodes that a blow up doll would have been more on brand than the head on a stick. And this proves you right. (laughs) I mean, everything about Brandy says that she would like that. If it's something that you would see in some frat house or some boy's (laughs) dorm room. In a Spencer's gift shop. (laughs) That's, that's her. Her, I literally would be willing to watch Stephanie and Brandy in a Spencer's for about, (laughs) 45 minutes. Brandy is if Spencer's was a person. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah. And that's why I'm intrigued for her to go because I do think it will class the show up. Like, I feel well, like. Damn sure it can't go any lower. Well, you're so. right. Yeah. <laughs> the bar is sure low. That's right. <laughs> I feel like everything that Brandy stands for is like blow up dolls and pole dancing which is all fine but it's like that and then like dildos in your face and then as we get later chicken shit bingo so it's just a lot of i i think we'll move up move on up next season (laughs) but it's like what happens to stephanie like that's the real victim you're like i have no idea who stephanie is without brandy so well that will be exciting to watch i think yeah, let's get rid of Carrie, and then I think we have like a really solid four to build. Like I, maybe we'll ta- tack on two new women. I agree. I would be into that because yeah. I'm really liking Deandra this season. I am. Too. I've always liked. I've liked Deandra, and then I kind of she fell out of favor with me for a little while, and then only because of Leanne. Like she she went for Leanne, and I couldn't abide by that. 
But That's now that Leanne is not there, I'm seeing what I liked about her before. It's yeah. not just the badunka dunk. There's a lot to like <laughs> about Deandra. She on on this rock star themed bus, she brings up that she used to be a groupie and she lists all these people that she slept with. Have you heard of any of them? I haven't heard of the bands, of the people. Not a lick. No. <laughs> I think that was actually not. one of the bands. I'm black, so you know I don't know. The lick. <laughs> What'd you say, Quinn? I'm black, so you know I have no idea who any of those people are. <laughs> I I thought, like, I could at least have tapped into, like, you know, I blew the drummer of Lifehouse. <laughs> or, like, <laughs> I let, like the lead singer of Slipknot motorboat me. But like, we weren't even there. We were like, no. I truly had never heard of anyone. No. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was rough. It was rough to hear her say that she was sitting there like a one woman banger sisters. And she wasn't <laughs> dropping any names that were worth what I'm sure she did on those buses besides what she wanted to do for herself. But I was like, yeah. you know, she's like she's like you know green day they're like yeah she's like well i went to the concert and the guy who opened the door for me i did a pop of coke off his ass like truly didn't know anyone no and then they were showing pictures like we're supposed to like that's supposed to help it doesn't help because first of all they all were old and then it's like it's like people like the bands that i imagine that she was a groupie for are like the kind of bands who have songs on like you know i don't know like the Cruel Intentions musical may be like way down the list. <laughs> like the, the ones that you don't even know. Like, who was that? Oh, they were somebody in the 90s. I know like, the whole Cruel Intentions soundtrack. Thank you. <laughs> it was a trap. I said that on purpose. I, know you <laughs> I loved I love the soundtrack and I loved the musical that we all attended together. <laughs> They're Pretty both handy. great. Yeah, yeah they, they were great. Had a lot of fun. Yeah, it was funny how much she loved it, too. Like, she loved talking about it. And even though I didn't know who she was referring to, it was endearing. Like, the more Deandra's like, yeah, I fucked it, snorted it, slapped it. Like, I just <laughs> love her more. Like, it, gets, it goes, she goes so, like, honest. But the honesty is, um, like, unrelatable but fun. You know, like yeah. I'm, I'm into it. I like, <laughs> I like fun. I think that's I like, Deandra yeah. as a whole, unrelatable but fun. Yeah. Well, I'm glad this Deandra's <laughs> back. So let's move on then. Cam and Carrie were eavesdropping on Deandra venting about Carrie and their fight. And of course, they heard things they didn't want to hear. Who is in the wrong here? I think they were both wrong to eavesdrop, first of all. To eavesdrop. They could have just waited until the show happened. They saw it on the show. They didn't have to do that. <laughs> right. They could have came to the reunion. So it's yeah, almost kind of meta for them to see it earlier in a way. Kind of. Yeah. They didn't have to do that. I liked that they did it because <laughs> I really liked that instead of kind of winding her up or trying to like keep her going with her anger, Tiffany was trying to like calm her down and say like let's just have fun and it would have been really easy for tiffany who has clashed with carrie in the past to like hype deandra up on that hate so i liked that cameron and carrie eavesdropped because they i mean who knows it's not gonna last but i feel like it was good for them to hear like tiffany doing doing something good like tiffany was like had shown a lot of character with the kind of like trying to 
put the fire down in that situation. Yeah, and then Cameron even, even told, made a point of that too. Cameron was like, she's sticking up for you. Yeah. So, I mean, the eavesdropping wasn't good, but I liked that Tiffany got some points out of it, even if she didn't know she was getting them. And who knows how, who knows how, you know, how long those points will right. stay on the board, but they will last. Carrie I, is friends with Deandra and look at how she treats her. Yeah. Like, it's I not feel like they're last. gone already. Cause once Tiffany started crying at that dinner, they were all like, you don't, <laughs> you can't cry about this. <laughs> I mean, Carrie, scre- Carrie screamed at a woman crying. <laughs> yeah. and, and Tiffany literally just wanted, just wanted them people to get to along. like have a nice night. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was why. I mean, which she also screamed at her for being a, a healthcare worker during the pandemic. This is not <laughs> off brand for Carrie. Carrie is just scary, scary Carrie. Do you think <clears throat> would you use the word bully to describe Carrie? Okay, so I don't really I don't really care about adults threat saying that they're being bullied. Like I don't really <laughs> put a lot of stock into that. You are grown people, you you know, you don't you don't have to do this. I I, don't, I wouldn't call it bullying. I do think that Carrie is a very dominant personality. And as somebody like who I feel I also have a dominant personality, it can come across as being a bully. It can rub people the wrong way. But I feel like with Carrie, it's different because it's it's like a nagging. She's like a nagging bully. Like if you put a bully and a nag and put them together, you would get Carrie. Does that make sense? Like it's it's very annoying. It's not like I don't feel like it's like she's throwing her weight around and like, you know, trying to demean anybody i think she's just a nag and she's she likes to point out what's wrong all the time yeah a bully i think is when you like go out of your way to make someone's life a living hell and i think carrie is making deandra's life a living hell but in a way where like she's just annoyed like she's just picking everything that deandra does wrong she's not like calling deandra whatever fat or old or whatever i think that would be bullying she's just being a bitch i think (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Carrie's just awful. Yeah. Um, but I I don't I don't like the word bully used in this instance. It doesn't, it doesn't I fit. consider no, I consider being bullied when like you you truly don't have the power to remove yourself from a situation, and that's not what this is. Right. Like mm. she's not being bullied, but Carrie fucking sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not something. <laughs> That Anthony says lightly, so that, that, <laughs> that means something. I, I do that, wish that the women at the table would have had this conversation, though, because they were quick to say, oh, she's not bullying you, and then it just makes D'Angelo look like she's nuts, where I wish that someone would have had the the balls, the labia, to say, like, no, oh, she's not God. bullying you, but she is a stone-cold bitch. Yeah. yeah. Carrie, Carrie has too many friends on this cast for my liking. I agree. like... Stephanie Brandy for now. Um, Cameron does a podcast with her in yeah. real time today. And there's one more I'm forgetting. Or is that it? Like how like the whole cast is like pro Carrie. And Tiffany's yeah. the only Tiffany and Deandra are the only ones who are like, mm, Carrie's kind of shitty. And I don't get it. Yeah. I wouldn't I feel like it was because of the latent uh fake racism from last year, which is causing them to really rally against the one real minority they have in the cast. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, I, I wonder if it's still elements of that, but it, what I will say about Carrie, she seems like one of those people where, you know how, like, if you try to help an older person, like with some kind of technology, 
how they're quick to say that it's wrong and broken rather than the fact that they just don't know what the fuck they're doing. That's the kind of person they care about. Like, this is stupid. It's broken. No, you're not using it right. And I feel like that is Carrie. Yeah. That does that does sound like Carrie. <laughs> That's our Carrie. That has, that has <laughs> Carrie written all over. Classic Carrie. <laughs> There's really no segue. I was going to say this was classic Carrie, too, but it's not classic anybody. Let's end our Dallas talk with chicken shit bingo. <laughs> is, this, is this a game, A, you would ever play, or B, you would play right before dinner? It's just no, so both. gross. <laughs> it doesn't seem like very much fun, either. But You're they the- won't eat a chicken's foot. Right, but they'll wait around cheering for it to shit. It's so for weird. It to shit. I am so happy that black people are free. I'm just going to put it like that. I'm so happy that Southern people no longer have any power. It is, this is trash. To me, this is just complete trash. I don't, this isn't cute. This isn't endearing. This isn't quaint. This is just disgusting and trashy. And I'm going to judge them for it. And the fact that it's not, like, it would be sick no matter what. If Stephanie had, like, her dog do it in a backyard, it would be gross. But the fact that it's a full company that can travel to you for parties is just, it blows my mind. No, I didn't like it. And I, it upset me to see Tiffany like engaging with it. I was like, no, 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 don't (laughs) come, come with me. We'll we'll grab a drink and have an app while we wait for dinner. (laughs) We can't be doing this. Tiffany. (laughs) It was disgusting. It, It made me angry. It made me angry. Now I too much. I do hope that this kind of thing ends when Brandy leaves. And I think it could. (laughs) Yeah, she kind of brings out this disgusting part of Stephanie that I don't understand. Like I I feel like Brandy's kind of like, you know, I mean, but she's disgusted too. Like putting that beard on her crotch. Like they do such (laughs) I don't know. Like they just do nasty stuff. Yeah, Brandy had the poop hat season one. The poop hat putting that beard on her uh nether regions and <laughs> it's just like all this stuff is just like yeah yeah brandy, come on now brandy's base like her her level of humor is like gutter yeah which by brandy <laughs> <laughs> which makes sense considering that video <laughs> so it's like um, it all tracks it's just i mean yeah, like abs- I, yeah abs- absolutely um no i won't say it <laughs> say it say it you know how sometimes people look like they smell like urine? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Cat urine or human urine? Oh. Uh, I'll say cat urine. That feels softer. <laughs> I feel like Brandy. Brandy looks like she smells like cat urine. I see it. Can we not say that? <laughs> no, say it. Could I not? Scream it. <laughs> I, I've thought that for a little bit. <laughs> I've thought uh, that for a little bit. Uh, I can see you it. Know the t- you know, you know when you see it. Yeah, like the whole um spring breakers <laughs> cast. <laughs> yes, exactly. This, but they like the they like weed too. Yeah, weed and <laughs> urine. But you're you're right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. brandy's that type. Spring break. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so on this note, oh let's God. bring in our guest. <laughs> Okay, so we got our guest here. We'd like you to give a nice know that. Welcome to Chelsea from Ono oh Bravo. Welcome, Chelsea. Welcome, hey. Oh, well, 
welcome. Thank Hi. you guys so much for having me. I feel like I'm with Destiny's Child right now. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say who the Beyonce is. I'll let you guys, you know, fight it out among yourselves. Well, you're our Solange. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, my goodness. I'm Latoya Luckett. I'll just put it <laughs> Um, So why don't you tell us about your account, Chelsea? Sure. So my account's own, at Ono Bravo on Instagram. Um, it's just pure chaos most of the time. I post <laughs> approximately like 97 to 200 times a day. It's fine. Everything is fine. I'm doing great in quarantine. Um, but I do an Instagram live on Friday nights at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern with podcasters, other Instagram personalities, and just kind of shoot the shit about Bravo and pop culture. That's fun. We'll follow I love, I that. Enjoy it. love that. <laughs> and on her lives, she's in a full disguise, but she's not in one now. So I really, I, I don't, I'm beside myself. <laughs> I know it's like sitting with Miley. We don't have Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we can pick up here um, and head up. to New Jersey, uh, the magical Garden State. Who we legalized marijuana, so they're really the Garden State now. <laughs> so let's start off with Dolores's arrangement, which I want to talk about. I don't care if any, nobody else wants to talk about. Oh, it. I, I want to talk, talk about, about why Dolores won't admit that she's in a polyamorous relationship. I don't know why she won't just come out and say it. And why is Frank Jr.'s relationship with her boyfriend more secure than hers? What do we think about this situation? Again, for this, what, how many seasons is this now? Uh, we're in 11, right? Yeah. yeah. Or, or, I'm sorry, the whole the whole show is 11. Um, but I don't know how long to, this has been going on with Dolores. Too long. long too, too long. <laughs> like, I know that Frank is kind of a shitty guy. Like objectively you see him, you, you see you see him on paper and you're like, ooh, like I would not be rooting for my friend to get back <laughs> with him. But it's kind of the like Mario Singer, Ramona Singer situation for me where I'm like, are we, we're rooting for this, right? Like we as the collective audience are rooting for this. Am I, <laughs> am I on an island? Like, I just feel like even the way that he reacted to her plastic surgery versus the way her boyfriend did. I just felt like that really told a tale. Well, I'm personally rooting for Frank and Joe Gorga, but anybody <laughs> else? <laughs> no, I think you're... I, I, I agree. I think you're right. I root for Dolores and Frank, who, by the way, does anyone remember that Frank used to be a lawyer? Like, I was just, mm. like, reminded of that because he was disbarred, of course. Right. But, but but before that, I'm like, he was a lawyer. Okay. Um, <laughs> I root for them. He he seems sweet in his in his way. David David is like a like a rude ghost. Like something isn't right about David. <laughs> He's like a middle aged and despondent powder. <laughs> powder. Did you say powder? Yeah. <laughs> he's very uncle fester adjacent for me and i mean and i famously love a bald man there's something about him that is quite unsettling he looks like if he could tell the future it would all be tragedy there's something definitely creepy about him definitely. part of it is an edit we are supposed to want to root for dolores and frank the fact that he is the one that comes along on these vacations we haven't seen what's his name David. Thank you. I don't know. I was going to call him Jezebel, but that's not right. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but David. Jezebel. <laughs> like, not even Jezebel. <laughs> Jezebel. Yeah, what he said. I don't oh. know what to tell you. 
this is this is an episode tonight. So <laughs> yeah, we and then like we said, the conversations that they have too, I feel like he can't only say these like five word sentences at a time that are always negative. This is an issue. But wait, he's not saying anything wrong. She did choose to have elective surgery during a pandemic and he works in a hospital. He was absolutely right. It's just, I feel like Dolores wants to do a lot of shit that doesn't make sense necessarily. And he's the one saying that doesn't make sense. And she doesn't care because Dolores looked at him like, if you thought I wasn't going to get my ass done, you got another thing coming. <laughs> yeah, I but then when you- pandemic is raging. Right. But then when you cut to Big Frank and he's like, you're so fucking beautiful. I just love you. <laughs> I think I I think you have a point Donnie and I think that Jezebel knows he's gonna get a bad edit and so Mm -hmm. like he might maybe that's why he doesn't want to be around it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy that he's only filming these like countertop scenes and he's gonna look like an asshole because he's like I don't want to be on camera that makes sense and to your point I I I got the sense from the beginning even before um powder was getting a bad edit that (laughs) he isn't comfortable on camera at all like I don't think this is his thing Mm -hmm. I think that's why he doesn't come around now of course it's it's because it's like looped into itself where he doesn't look good on camera so he like doubly doesn't want to be on it um and he must just shoot like shoot some of these scenes for her Mm -hmm. and unfortunately this is what he's choosing to say to her (laughs) when he (laughs) when he is filming which isn't smart on his part and I'll yeah. say it's weird that Uncle Fester has Frank Jr. living in his house. Well, no. Like, that's Do you understand that, that my mother oh, that's weird. is dating a man, and I'm living with this man. My mother's not living with this man. My father's always around and living with my mother, I guess. This is not normal to me. This I don't understand crisis. this. No, I think cocktail weenie, Lil Frank, get it? I think <laughs> cocktail weenie, I think it's appropriate, not appropriate, but I don't think it's a big deal that he's living with David because, because of the reasons said. Like they said that he wants to be away from his mother to study and stuff. And basically, I think away from cameras. That I don't think so. Sense. I think it's a big, beautiful house and he decided to live in it. <laughs> with Jezebel. Jezebel and cocktail. With Jezebel. <laughs> I think it's, I don't, I don't, I think it's very odd, but I don't think it's like marrying your step grandfather odd. Like it's just something, you know, I, what? It's something, you know, that's not even fair. That's not even fair. <laughs> it isn't fair. No, that's not. Leave, fair. Ma- leave Mary alone. Leave, leave alone. Uh. <laughs> you know what? Okay. So Dolores has this weird um, arrangement that could probably only be done justice by Diane Keaton in a movie. <laughs> and something's got to give. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's complicated. Something with Meryl Streep. So, so now we switch gears to Teresa and Jackie, who love to fight. Let's just be real; they love to fight. And we have Teresa spreading information about uh, Jackie's husband cheating on her, which I totally believe at his birthday party in front of cameras, in front of everybody. Now, does everybody else believe this rumor as I believe it? I feel like I just never know with Teresa. Like she gets that little look in her eyes. She gets the same look that like my toddler gets before she's about to like really fuck shit up. 
Um, like where she's like, I know I'm about to do something bad, but it's going to like make me laugh and it's going to make you really mad. So I just like, I never know with Teresa. I kind of feel like production might have told her and then just like wound her up and like Mm -hmm. sent her off into the party. And if that's the case, then yeah, I, I could believe that the rumor is true. You just got to love Teresa with her approach of like, just literally going from person to person and being like, did you hear he's doing stuff at the gym? It was like blatant. It was blatant and wrong, and she just didn't care. It was like the Capitol riot all over again. You're going (laughs) to film yourself committing the crime over and over again because it's going to come back. It was also, it was all vague. Like it was so vague. I wanted details. Like you said, she's just going like, hearing does stuff at the gym and i'm like leg lifts what's he doing at the gym like i want details is this a gay rumor like i couldn't figure it out you want it to be a gay rumor (laughs) of course well no that's what um tom hamlet was saying with his sister i think they did a instagram live and he said he was like do straight people hook up at the gym i think that's a gay thing well i i've seen like men like you know help a woman and like start flirting and stuff they don't oh. get into the business like we do they can't just like go to the locker room and like you know whatever they like hook up like, after the fact yeah there's no like penetration on the bench press <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean well, chelsea no i don't know what you think we do we wait to get into the locker room for but us. you're in the same locker room <laughs> yeah. you know right. what i mean like yeah, it's more right. complicated when there's dueling you know situations do you think the gender role bullshit (laughs) (laughs) it's keeping y'all from getting some (laughs) if it was a gay rumor that they didn't want and i don't know that it is i'm just i'm positing if it was a gay rumor do you think they wanted to avoid saying that on the show because uh traditionally on all of these shows like potomac and i'm whatever other shows real housewife shows have dealt with gay rumors when they are talked about the women don't handle it well. Like they say things that can be like homophobic. And I'm wondering like if this was intended to be, or it is a gay rumor, if they just kind of like took all of the verbiage away so that it was just open-ended that's, that crossed my mind. I don't know. It's hard to know what the intention was. And of course, if it's true. (laughs) Makes sense. At, well, I, you know what? I, I will say, and I'm going to be honest, that I did question whether or not Evan was fluid or bi or into other stuff when I found out that they didn't perform oral sex on each other. So to me, a man that doesn't do that is not necessarily suspect, but um, suspect. I'm just going to say it. it's, it's suspect to me. Um, So I've been keeping that in my head all this time because I will never forget her telling us that. I will never, ever forget hearing that because it is much like the the situation with Dolores. I can't understand that. Can you all understand that? Because I cannot. I will. I do want to ask, what do we feel about Jackie's reaction to hearing what Teresa was saying? Like, do we think she overreacted? Is that I think it's typical for Jackie to act that way. We all knew she would. But how do how do we feel about her reaction to it? She was... She had me there for most of that conversation at Margaret's house. Like the way she approached it, I was like, okay, this is really heartfelt. This is really genuine. You're clearly tearful. This really did impact you. I felt like she had me for so long and then she just fumbled it at the end. And literally she could have, if she's going to use this like analogy thing, she could have used literally most anything else in that argument 
that would have even made more sense in the context of what they were talking about. She could have said, how was it when people were accusing you? Now, I guess she couldn't say that because it was her that was accusing her, but like, (laughs) you know, there, there were other things she could have done between like, besides bringing Gia into it. And my thing about Gia is like, yeah, she's an adult. She's 19, but she's not a housewife. She's not holding a plate of meatballs. She's not she's not signing up to be dragged through the mud like this. And it's not her fault at the end of the day that Teresa is her mother. She didn't choose that. You know what I mean? Completely agree. And it was frustrating because this was episode one of what I believe is going to be like an electric season. I'm, I'm, I, I can't wait for the rest of it. I, it just, (laughs) it looks so good, but um, Jackie could have been right this entire season, like Teresa handed her, like no one's handed that kind of gift to have the moral high ground. And Jackie had it and she just completely let it go with the Gia. I'll use the word analogy. I went back to watch this because I feel like everyone now is saying it's an analogy. It was an analogy. Not once, not once does Jackie use the word analogy in that in that scene. And when I first watched it, I thought Jackie was literally saying, you know what? I've been hearing people say this. So I hear this. Oh, I don't know who said it, but I, but I heard it. That's not an analogy or it's not clearly an analogy. Yeah. She didn't even say that would be like, what if I said, or what if I heard, but she literally just said, I heard that Gia does Coke in the bathroom at parties. It was, it was not clear that this was like an, a hypothetical situation she was throwing out. Absolutely not. No. Yeah. I don't think it was. I think that is probably something she heard. I do think that's probably, and she used it in that way. She weaponized it in that way because of what said, what was said to her. And you I think mean, she's going back now on her work? Cause now- I think now she's trying to, I think she tried to do like a little thing like, you know, like what if I made, you know, what if I did that? Because I do think people have heard about these rumors with her husband. I do think there's truth to them. We can find out whether or not, but I do believe that other people have heard these things or there are people talking about that. And I feel like she kind of like tit for tat at her. And I think that's the only reason I can think of why she would give up the high ground in that way to do that. And it was not a good move for her to make. And especially, I mean, Gia looks like she's capable of whooping her ass herself. So (laughs) I don't know why she did that. Jackie could have, all Jackie had to do was say, well, what if I repeated a rumor that I heard about Gia right now? Mm -hmm. And Teresa would have gotten upset and Jackie would have been proven right without and still kept the moral high ground. And for someone who's so smart and a lawyer, I can't (laughs) believe she was so dumb in that moment. That's such a good point, Anthony, because that's like literally she would have, like she said, I win, I win. She would have won that argument had she done that because then when Teresa's coming at her or then later when inevitably Teresa's getting mad at a dinner because of that, she can say, I never said the rumor because I wouldn't do that to your family and be like, boom, now I really did win. You know what I mean? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She she wanted to hurt her. And I feel like she wanted to hurt her because, like I said, because I think there was something there to it. Yeah, I I wouldn't like a rumor being spread about my family knowing that is a rumor, but the way Jackie reacted, I feel like she thinks there's truth to it. Mm-hmm. I think she did not act like you would act if someone just made something up about your family, if that makes sense. Yeah, she was defensive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very, very defensive, very defensive. To, the, to the point where she said what she said. So yeah, I agree, Donnie, with that. And then in terms of Gia being untouchable, I do think there are times, I think if a house 
wives child puts themselves into things i'm thinking um certain tracksuit maker <laughs> uh-huh him or ashley from new jersey there have been children that have inserted themselves and i think they're fair game but ones that are just there i don't think they should be talked about yeah because she's not like kim zoshek's daughter she's not like involved <laughs> right so yeah i agree she just like she gets on the facetime that she doesn't want to do <laughs> and she answers the bare minimum of questions and then she's like, I'm out. So just yeah. leave her alone. I agree. So moving on from there, uh, I would like to do a special shout out to March Sr. Um, <laughs> strictly on her response to hearing <laughs> the gossip about Jackie and her husband. I think that extended March Sr.'s life by five years. Like she, <laughs> she, she came to like, I just realized how much I love March Sr. I, lo- I love both Marches. Yes, I love both Marges. Because so. March Sr.'s reaction was great, but then <laughs> when Teresa was leaving and you just hear March say, what happened? What happened? What happened? <laughs> I'm having a freak out. <laughs> they, <laughs> yeah, they, they're very, the genes in that family run crazy and I love it. <laughs> Never watched a Bravo spinoff before. Not like Candy getting married or Candy at the Wonka factory. <laughs> Nothing, no spinoffs, but I would watch a Marge and Marge spinoff. So I watch that. I watch all of my shows with closed captions on because my children will wake up. And so I'm like, you know, trying to read what they're saying and <laughs> listening to it really quietly. And Marge, at one point when she was getting so nervous about what was happening in the other room, you know, she's just like kind of pacing around. And then the closed caption just said, gagging sounds (laughs) (laughs) which coincidentally is the same closed caption from atlanta this year have that in common (laughs) well that that's it for me from new jersey how about you take it away for salt lake anthony sure okay this was part two of the reunion this was a this was like a a little bit of a messy part two a little yeah, it was very messy. Um, I'm just gonna kind of no real, no real question here. I'm just gonna say Mary. <laughs> Let's start there. Did Mary clear anything up for anyone? Did she muddy things up more in in relation to? I mean, I'll I'll offer Boyle's uh, convenience stores her marriage. Mary stressed me the fuck out. <laughs> Watching her talk, I was like patting sweat, chewing tums. She was giving me, <laughs> I was going through it every time. Every time she talked about something, it got worse. And then it got shocking. And then it got quietly even worse than before. I have never seen it. It's 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 almost it's almost like something Hitchcock could do. It's incredible to watch the depths of this woman and also how shallow it is. It's, I was gobsmacked. Is that, is that a word I can, I can use here? Yeah. I I listened to your guys' last podcast and you had the same thoughts I did of that. She was like low key MVP of part one. And it was almost like she was a princess that a fairy godmother had given her the gift of like, being lucid and then it turned 12 and then she turned back into like a chaotic pumpkin. And I was like, where did the Mary from part one go? Because this is not the same woman. And yeah, exactly. Like you said, Quinn, I was just, every time she spoke, I was like, 
oh no, oh no, oh no. Mm-hmm. Like what's coming next? Because you couldn't even predict what was coming next. I was scared for her. I was scared as a black person. It just made me incredibly uncomfortable. I think incredibly. That- I think the timing and like the layout of the reunion just led to that chaotic pumpkin moment because in the first part, she had the upper hand and it was all about like, Jen, you're a bad friend and like, Heather, you did this wrong, whatever. But in this one, the camera was kind of faced towards Mary where she had to explain herself. And I think that's where she doesn't thrive because I think she knows what, she is doing is wrong. I think that she's not 100% content with her marriage arrangement. And I think the Black men outside of 7-Eleven stuff, she knows there is a wrongness to her feelings on that. So I think her trying to navigate her way into a defense against herself, I think that is where she trips up. I talked about this on my Patreon with my sister-in-law, and she made a really good point that it was almost like Mary knew she was going to be asked this question of the 7-Eleven of it all. And she went into it prepared with this excuse of almost using like, well, as a woman and, you know, cause I can understand that. Like as a woman, I am conditioned that if I see a group of guys standing anywhere, I tense up. I like think about an escape plan. I think about if I should call, you know, pretend to talk to somebody on the phone, like society has conditioned women to, yeah. to be vigilant. So it was almost like Mary was gonna use that as her like get out of jail free card, but she her mouth couldn't stop herself from then going into like, I like white guys and Robert Sr. is a white man. And it's like, she totally, any semblance of that excuse she was going into just like kind of deteriorated. Did that make sense? More like obliterated. More than Mary made it was, it was. <laughs> It was like watching a charm demon vanquish itself. It was <laughs> it was very rough to see. It, the missteps she made as a black person. I want to be like, give me your card. Give me your card. You ain't black no more. Like the whole thing about Robert Senior being light or white, that it was it was cringy when she said she, you know, didn't she had a preference for whatever. That's we all know what that means. But to go further than that and to try to justify, you know, because like you said, women are conditioned to have an escape plan to be on their guard around a group of men. And then you compound that by basically, I don't know, giving power to or justifying why black men have to be the same way women have to around groups of police. Like, it's just it was terrible. It was terrible. If I was her PR person, I would be I, I quit. I quit on the spot. It was almost like she, sorry, sorry, Anthony. It was almost like she was like, no, 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 I'm not racist. I'm classist. Or like, I'm not, you know what I mean? It was like, pick your poison kind of. (laughs) And then she just kind of ended up being like all of the isms at once. Yeah. Uh, And what, what was up with that moment where she like casually turns to Jen and says, well, isn't, isn't your husband racist? As though she were like offering her a breath mint. We we didn't see any part of any of that on the show. What was that? I was so happy he didn't go further than that because she was going to say racist against white people. I know where that was going to go. And that was going to be even worse. (laughs) If you can imagine it going worse than the dude, (laughs) but that would have been even worse as a black person. I just like wanted to curl up into a shell and turn out the lights. And that woman, I don't know how I feel about her being on the show. Like I feel almost like there is a, there is a problem there. And I don't, I don't know if I feel comfortable watching her on TV to be, to be honest, 
I, it's a bit hard for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was there early on in the season. It's, it's, it's a tough look. Mary is a tough one. Um, we switched places. Cause you were like this at the beginning. And I was like, Oh no, she's just wacky and fun. No, you were right. You were right. What? I was wrong. I mean, no, these relationships with these women ebb and flow, of course. I mean, one one week I love I love one, and as we'll get to in a little bit, I'm I'm already turning on on one of my favorites. Um, <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I think we're on the same side. Okay, good. <laughs> but lastly, lastly, and independent of um anything we just talked about, was anyone surprised to learn that there's only an 18-year difference be- between Mary and her step-grandfather? I don't know what that that didn't like make me think a different way. It just was like Huh, to me. I think we knew that already. Because, yeah, because he was 20 years younger than the grandmother. And then he's like around 20 years older than Mary. So Mary's 40 years younger than her grandma. Okay. So only I was slow to pick up on that. (laughs) Which is kind of young. I wrote it on the stanchion, but you didn't know what that was. I didn't know. I didn't know where to look. He said, "Look at the stanchion." I didn't know. I was kind of young for a grandma too, so that's all kind of you know (laughs) something like. Yeah. um, Yeah. So let's move on from Mary, please, and let's get into um, Lisa versus Heather. Now, I love both of these women. I started my love with Heather early on in the show, and my love of Lisa. I will say as a great housewife has emerged within the last maybe handful of episodes, probably started on the, on the trip to Vegas, Vegas. as we talked about last week and has only grown. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I, my love of Heather is dwindling just a little bit. I'm getting, I am getting like an overly confident boosted by the audience like false sense of entitlement. It's like the arm, it's it's like the proverbial like arm slung over the chair. At one point she said, I'll take Andy Cohen's side over anything every day or something odd to that effect. And um, I, I have a question here somewhere. What are people's thoughts about Heather after the first two parts of the reunion? Am I off base here? Anthony, I cannot tell you how happy I am to hear you say this because I have felt like I was taking crazy pills and on my own little island. I want to make it clear. I don't dislike Heather. I really, really, really like Heather. I'm, I'm to quote Tim Gunn, I'm concerned. Like I just... It was hard to see. I almost felt like we were witnessing and the green contacts didn't help, but it was like we were witnessing her transform into this villain before our eyes. And I feel like all we've wanted as an audience, like she's universally beloved. We all love her. We resonate with her. She's so relatable. We want her to have that self-confidence and to know her worth. But it's almost like I'm worried that she's taking all of that love and she's getting that self-confidence, but in a way in which it's like, I am right. And everybody's on my team. And I found it very, very telling that that whole last like 25 minutes was when she didn't think they were being recorded or filmed for the show. And I felt like we saw a different side to Heather, a side to Heather that I'm like, oh yeah, you're an amazing housewife. If we get some more of this in season two, but definitely some more of her, like just being, I just, I ended up feeling for Lisa and I ended up being like, 
Heather, what are you doing here? Yeah, it's like in, you know, in Jawbreaker, <laughs> when Judy Greer is like the whatever, the frump the whole time. Burn and mayo. Th- <laughs> <laughs> and then she becomes like too big for her britches. That I think is what we're seeing from Heather. And if she, hopefully she can see the feedback. I know she's listening to this episode. So hopefully she can see the feedback fans are saying about her reunion performance and she can tone it down going into season two. Because if not, I think we're just going to get a villain edit. And not even an edit. <laughs> They're just going to use I mean, what nobody she's is safe them. from a bad edit. Like a bad edit comes for everybody. And I think she had such right. a, she had a perfect edit. And I think that's because she's so likable. And I don't, I think she's genuine. I think everything we were shown is her, but I just found a couple of things. Like I didn't understand her trying to form this wedge between Meredith and Lisa. I didn't understand that her hill to die on was that Lisa wasn't standing up to Jen for talking smack about Meredith's marriage when Heather herself had spent the entire season being like, I'm not giving up on Jen. Yeah, she has toxic traits, but she has good traits too. So I didn't understand that argument. And then I honestly think that Heather and Lisa just have two different communication styles and love languages. I think that actually that flashback of like roll footage of that birthday party was a perfect analogy for their relationship. They both tried to say hello at Meredith's birthday party, but they missed each other and then they both felt slighted. And I feel like that is exactly their relationship where they're both trying to like at one point they were both trying to make an effort, but it just failed horribly. And now I found it telling that Heather's the one telling Lisa you're in last place. And like, I don't want to move forward. And I was just like, Ooh, okay. Heather. Yeah. That's not what I want. I, I wanted yeah. her to stay, you know, like Sandra Bullock while you were sleeping and not, you know, I don't know, turn into some, something that I, I don't want her to Nene herself, first of all. Yeah. Um, but I, I did feel bad for me. The star of the, the reunion of the second one was Whitney, like loved Whitney. I always loved me Whitney. too. I will say, say about Heather as of now I'm not on a team I can see why Heather has changed and why it could lead down a bad road but it's very like Jackie and Teresa for me it's just giving me good tv I don't have my horse attached to either cart it's not a Monique and Candace situation where one side made me heated thinking about the other one. This is just quality TV. And one last thing. I've had a lot of time to, and one more thing and you <laughs> like, but I, so Amanda and it's all happening with Amanda made a, a really good point too about it, where she said, she just thinks that Lisa triggers Heather and Heather is very insecure. She sees Lisa. She feels like Lisa feels like she's better than them, which, you know, Lisa might like Lisa definitely has that pretentious vibe about her but it's also not lisa's responsibility to manage heather's insecurities very that's true all, that's all yeah. i have to say about that <laughs> very true and i think i think lisa's right heather should get uh everyone should but heather should get therapy that's not andy cohen like you shouldn't take your newfound self-esteem from like an audience of of fans that say they love you like should come from you right um I also feel like Lisa was proven right in the debate about whether or not they knew each other previously with the text messages that I think one of them was like, can't wait to meet you in person in 2017. So then Lisa's just right, right? They don't know each other. (laughs) 
And I felt like that was kind of just like glossed over. Like I felt like that was pretty, I mean, talk about the receipts. We've got Whitney's Kinko's stuff over there with like, they can't even read, but there's <laughs> the real Kinko's. receipts. Like there's the, there's the <laughs> yeah. real, you know, evidence. It, it seemed like the show didn't want to underline it. This is, this is where I'm going to get irritated is if like things like this keep happening where Lisa is correct, but in order to have their like, if they don't want to do a villain edit for Heather and they keep giving her like a Snow White and the Seven Mormons edit or whatever, <laughs> if they keep, if they make Lisa look a certain way to keep their Heather edit intact, then I won't love that. But I thought Lisa was proven right here. Yeah, because they didn't even, and I don't know what point I'm going to make. So I guess we'll just write it out and figure it out together. But <laughs> they didn't talk about um the Whitney Mary Lisa Meredith lie at the finale party either so I feel like in this season there's a lot of like big things that we want answers to that they're just like glossing over well even they showed us a flashback of Heather talking to Lisa and being like aren't you afraid aren't you afraid aren't you afraid and Lisa being like no I'm literally not afraid of Jen (laughs) like that that just proved like it it was very strange I felt like it was really choppy of like a lot of evidence in Lisa's favor. But then again, I do understand just more people genuinely resonate with Heather. So it's easier to be like, yeah, I would react like Heather in this situation too. Lisa has been a mean girl to her. But in this situation, I mean, I felt so bad for Lisa's tears backstage because I'm like, that's real. Like that's frustration. And I feel like Lisa has the same I'm not going to compare myself to Lisa Barlow. Like I need therapy, but not that kind. (laughs) But like I have that same energy sometimes where people don't realize I'm secretly emotional because I can usually like keep it together and I'm pretty logical about things. And so I think with Lisa, sometimes it comes across as her being really bitchy or direct, but she secretly does have feelings about this too. And she clearly is upset about the Heather relationship as well. Yeah. And I, um, I was very surprised because I think I thought Lisa's, I'll call it a freak out, but her like running around the stage, I thought that was going to be during like a segment they were filming. So when I, when it was kind of revealed um, that it wasn't, I was like, oh, that wasn't a performance that she was putting on during like a filming of a segment. Like that was her upset and it kind of, it endeared me to her in a certain way. Um, Cause that's so Lisa. Well. That's so yeah. Lisa. When cameras are on, she has that weird like pageant smile she does where <laughs> she just like looks like she does her little pageant girl smile and she's so collected and she's like a curated Instagram feed of like fresh wolf feed a tequila. But then when she doesn't think she's being filmed, like that's when her frustration's coming out and she's like, no, like, listen to me. I just, I felt for both women in that situation, but I felt like we got to see like a peek behind the curtain of that was all during a break. And I'm like, oh, so like, this is kind of different than what you're both portraying when you think cameras are rolling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, did anyone else, and maybe we all knew this too, and I'm just, I'm late to this one as well. It made me, okay. When we heard that Whitney and Heather were cousins, I assumed they were like little kids who grew up together, but maybe that's just like my experience of a cousin, not grown women who met three years ago and and figured out that like, they're probably related through like a great grandfather somewhere. That Yeah, that made me content in my thinking, because this whole time, 
you know, I thought it was weird that they would call each other friends. But if they are cousins by blood, but they didn't know it until recently, it makes more sense as to the verbiage used. I knew about it because Heather was in the comment section of one of my Instagram lives, like right at the beginning of the season and she explained it and I was like "Mm, I'm sorry I forget who I was talking to I was like I'm gonna have to stop talking to you something's (laughs) happening in the comments that I really need to pay attention to so I knew about it but it was strange because they gave me like they sat at the kids table vibes like they the way their loyalty to each other reminded me of me and my cousins and so it could just be I mean obviously they were just friends and then they the most Utah thing ever no offense Utah but like oh we're related (laughs) okay cool but yeah they did give me like cousin vibes of like having known each other for much longer than they actually did definitely and I think I mean three years ago would put us at 2017 which is the same year that Heather and Lisa first (laughs) met so I'm assuming that's when like the cast was getting together. So are these just two women who were cast on the same show and then later figured out that they're related down the line? Sounds like it to me, right? (laughs) Let's move on to Meredith. Does Meredith know where she is? Does Meredith know what show she's on? Someone will ask her a question and she's literally just not paying attention. What's going on here? I, I, again, this troubles me. I'm like, I'm going to need... Meredith to engage in season two. If we're going to give her another season, I'm going to need her to engage. Absolutely. I need more than just someone asking like, it's so clear that when Andy asks her a question, he's asking for like maybe a yes or no. And then an elaboration. All Meredith can do, she just is like 100%. And that's all we get. That's all we get. I think Meredith has always been that girl. Like she's always done things she wanted to do. She's always had a certain amount of money, lived a certain life, and she is going to keep doing that. Like she's the leader, I think. And so she's going to try to stay above the fray, but that's not going to work in this scenario for her. So I'm interested to see when when she comes back and she has to like, you know, integrate. Because like a big thing that I noticed was like, why the hell does she hang out with Lisa so much? And why does she hang out with her one-on-one so much? I didn't tune into the show to see this. I want to see you with all of the women, not with these business women at that boring lunch in that igloo or whatever the hell that was. <laughs> like, they're not the cast. I want to see you with the cast. And so I hope that after this season, she'll learn or somebody will be able to communicate to her that she needs to do that. She needs to engage with people more than her family. Because we love a housewife that thinks she's better than everybody and thinks that oh, she's yeah. like on a different level. But we then we need the old school LVP of being the puppet master manipulator behind the scenes. Or we need like the Bethany being the voice of reason and literally weighing in on every single thing that's happening because she thinks she's like the mediator. Like we need mm-hmm. some level pick your pick your way of being the delusional better than housewife but just like engage like speak have a conversation do something besides being like and this is my son brooks you know what i mean <laughs> yeah i will say i was disappointed that it didn't go further with lisa feeling like she should have known what was going on in meredith's marriage i would have liked at the reunion for lisa to say like you know i really think you should have told me that and even, you know, whatever the the answer would have been, it would have been something. So. Yeah, I, I will say Meredith is Meredith is boring and I'm demanding more of her, too, of course. But there's something about her that still like transfixes me. 
like even the little bit we get of her, like the iciness and like the like the voice. And it's it's almost like her voice is like if Jennifer Tilly and Catherine Hepburn had a baby, it would be Meredith's voice. <laughs> but I'm into it. I just want more of it. I don't in know. The, I'm okay finale, with that. The finale gave me that boiling under the surface rage that she had towards Jen. That was the moment that I was like, ooh, give me more of this. I'd like, I have follow-up questions about what's going on here. Like if she can give me that, because that's actually the scariest type of rage, that rage that's like just below the surface and it's somebody who never loses their cool. I'm like, can a producer really like do something here to like make that come out? Like, I really want to see what that's all about. Is that what she threatened everybody on the stage basically at the the finale with jen where she's like i don't accept your apology and like if you mess with my family you're done but but when did she say like if anybody who comes from my family like that was like a wicked threat to everybody right like that's the way i interpreted it Mm -hmm. yeah i was like i was like like, deleting texts about brooks when i heard that like (laughs) (laughs) it's also my bad it's also not a threat you could make when you're on a show, like saying the next one of you talks about my family. We are not friends. It's like, then that's the show. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Don't know what to do for you, mayor. Maybe, maybe take a season off. Um, I would like, before we move on to another city, I feel like, and I don't think we're, we're going to get it. Cause I, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I believe they're already like filming again or mm. getting ready to film. I need, to meet the parents of these women. Like if Meredith isn't, show me Meredith's parents. I will take that as her offering more of her life. I want to see Jen's parents or um, uh, I know her father's passed away. I can't remember if the mother's still alive. I want, I just want to meet everyone's mom and dad who was alive. I feel like that can like help color and some lines for me. I'll do you one better. I'll give up not seeing anybody's parent. If I can just see Mary's mama. How about that? <laughs> That'd be good enough for me. I don't need to see anybody else's parent. I want to know yeah. Wendy's dad is okay and show me Mary's mama. I don't need to see anybody else. I, I want to see Mary knocking on her mother's door like Ashley Darby did, like Kenya Moore did. I want to see that. <laughs> That's heartbreaking. Um, yeah, I want to see it. <laughs> I think like I want to get in there with these women. Like I want to see their families. That's always yeah. a good like. Remember when we went home with Erica Jane? To her mom's house in, mm. where was it, Chelsea? Tell me. I forget. I can't remember. I was actually thinking about when we saw Karen Huger at that parade. It did the same thing for me of like yes. painting yeah. context of like, oh, this is making more sense now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that. It like italicizes something you didn't know you needed when you knew yeah. your parents. Um, so I would like more of that. Any other things that I didn't mention that are worth a note before we move no. on? Mm-mm. Let's move on. So yeah, let's go on down south to ATL. Now in this episode, I'm sure we all noticed that there was a new confessional look for everybody. <gasps> Insane. Um, in particular, Kenya, who decided to start acting again. But didn't tell us. <laughs> um, what, what are our thoughts about this new this new style of of confessional for these women? I loved it. Riveted. I'm it's, riveted. It's just nuts. <laughs> the editing for these shows has really, I don't even know a word for it. Everything from Potomac's editing to the animation on Dallas and now, <laughs> and now these confessionals, it's just nuts. 
I feel like the thing about quarantine is that we've all been losing our minds slowly, but we've been doing it together. And I think this is just evidence to me that producers and editors also are, have been affected by the pandemic and they have also lost their mind and they're like sitting around and they're like, you know, what would be really fun? What if we did this? Uh, it yeah. was wild. I, I'm still processing Kenya as Sharon Stone from Basic Instinct. <laughs> It's like if Seth MacFarlane started doing the production. It's, it's... <laughs> yeah. And she even like, she even crossed her legs. Yeah. Like in the movie. And I was like, wait a minute, what is this going to be? Like, <laughs> it was nuts, but it was incredible. All I can hear is, is um, the scream quote. Your mom was flashing shit around town like she was Sharon Stone. <laughs> Trust me, see, she was no Sharon Stone. <laughs> I, that's all I heard in my head. To bring it back to the beginning, we talked about the Brady Bunch. There was, this is wild. I'm there familiar. A, okay, an MTV Movie Award or Music yeah. Award skit where Florence Henderson played Sharon Stone in Basic Instinct, and she does the thing where she crosses her legs, lights the cigarette, and I think it's the actor Barry, Barry Williams, Williams who's interrogating her, and she says, "Have you ever fucked on?" caffeine greg like how sharon <laughs> so says cocaine and basic instinct it was incredible um i remember that too we'll put yeah. the link in the show notes <laughs> <laughs> what a time we'll never give it'll never be like that again no never. no um, but um yeah this was it was incredible <laughs> yes yeah, so. i'm familiar <laughs> I knew I was, what he was going to say. I was hoping you would be. You'll find Dottie well-versed in all things Brady Bunch. Quinn tells me whenever I post Brady Bunch stuff on my wall, he's like, do you think maybe this is why your following isn't expanding as, as, as big as you want it to? Because you're posting things from, you know, 30 to 50 years ago. I'm like, there's a market for it. I'm going to find them. <laughs> anyway, sure. back to the dungeon. Uh, so, yeah, we get the dungeon. <laughs> which I loved and I loved candy being like the top and being in, in charge. It was like, it's like, you know, I used to like those groups of like, of like dogs and this, like the little chirpy one in the front that's like running the show. Like that's how I felt about candy with that whip. I want to hire like, she's her. So short. She's so short and telling everybody what to do. I loved it. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. I don't know what kind of party I would have, but I want to hire her <laughs> for one of the, for one of the murder mysteries. <laughs> Hey, I, I was not I mean I feel like I don't know what the show was rated but I feel like maybe they should have upped it for all of the the ass and body that we saw in this episode it was an incredible amount of flesh so I need to follow up with one of my followers but I have a UK follower and she was so upset and she kept messaging me all day to be like it's still not up. It's still not up. Usually in the UK, it's uploaded the day after. She's like, is this going to be banned? Like, is this not going to be uploaded? Because the last time she messaged me was like a couple hours ago and it still had not been uploaded. She says, usually by the time she wakes up, it's there. I'm oh, like, wow. is Atlanta banned in the UK? Is that dungeon party? Like, is it not allowed? Well, wait, this is like very naive of me, but I thought the UK was more lax in their like TV. They're stuff. more lax in their language. I don't know if they're lax in their sexual content. I know you can say different words like fuck and stuff like that. You can't say, you know. You know here, what? I think but... they are. Isn't there a show in the UK where 
it's a dating show where everyone is covered except their private parts. <laughs> and you, I, I, I swear this is something. And you pick who you go on a date with based on like their nether regions. <laughs> Maybe so the problem that, was that their their faces weren't completely covered in. Masked one True. I will say I couldn't believe the stuff that made it to air. Like I was shocked yeah. not not like clutching my pearls i loved it i just couldn't believe it yeah i was giddy the whole episode it's unlike anything we've ever oh, seen yeah. more like clutching a vibrator it was <gasps> I, I was amazed i was like why can't guys get together straight men get together and do things like this why, why are only straight women can why only gay men and straight women can get together and be all sexually fluid with each other like this i hear evan does it <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh i'm like evan who who'd you it. hear that from jezebel Giz- um, <laughs> oh, so the, fir- the first half hour of atlanta was like a david fincher film i was like <laughs> I-, I couldn't sit still i was nervous excited it was incredible aroused yeah <laughs> it was almost like i'm not being facetious it was like revolutionary like, it was really cool. I think it's cool because being, like I've said before about, you know, being raised by a Black women, I do not normally see them that sexually liberated. That was very good to see. Like, that's, I, I guess, they're not all aunties because <laughs> that was some young young woman stuff. I've never, never in my life have I seen that before. And I, I loved it. Of course, everybody started to act up when Bolo showed up. His penis got there about five minutes before he did. <laughs> I have never seen a bulge not blurred as many times as I saw in that episode. Like they, they were like, we're going to, we're going to let you see a little bit of this. And what do we feel about Bolo? So I'll speak first. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to do research and sign up for his OnlyFans, but it's $25 a month. And right in his like bio, he says, I am not a porn star. And I was like, oh, well, I'm not signing up for this. (laughs) What? I really want just a 60 minute special on this man. Like I want to know everything about him. I need a lifetime documentary. I need, I need more information about this man. Everything from the tongue to the face mask, to the fake Chanel get up that he had. I just, I, I really, I love this man. And the, the lack of the blurring, I think we need to circle back to, because I was like, Good heavens, what are we witnessing? Like it it literally, this is where Ryan Bailey from So Bad It's Good talks about like having a premium Bravo like subscription of like <laughs> we could pay more to like have the power to like turn up Sonia Morgan's mic in a scene. I personally <laughs> would pay more to just maybe like move that little blur to the side. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Definitely. <laughs> so that's the Definitely. effect Bolo have on the women. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you saw the effect that he had on the women. I, I saw. Right I mean, now. My I goodness. mean, I think he's incredibly. First of all, he did a, a handstand out of nowhere. The, his dedication to the craft is admirable. I find it incredibly innovative the way he was able to sexualize his PPE. This man is <laughs> doing things. He's he's innovating. We should. Yeah, I would watch that documentary. Yeah. I wanted I wanted a Bolo interview the same way we were getting like interviews about <laughs> the interviews about what happened that night. I wanted his. I don't think he's happy about his portrayal on the show, given some things I've seen on social media. I don't know if he would have been down for giving an interview afterwards. 
Up until uh, now, I do he know. He did ask if the cameras left. He was, um, like when Tanya left and when people were trying to figure out months ago who was with him. I know that he like made his account private. I was already following him so I could still <laughs> be in the loop, but <laughs> he made his account private and he was like very vocal about like nothing happened. I'm a professional, all of that. But then now I do think he is liking the attention because he made a post and was like, thank you to all my new followers. Don't forget about my OnlyFans. And I have a monthly calendar you can sign up for. So I think I might buy that. <laughs> you should. It'll look cute in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> it must fold out. So. <laughs> Scratch and sniff. Oh. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Some people really go too far. I always so, do. You can edit that out. I won't. So, <laughs> so then we have Cynthia um, who gets all trussed up and packed into her clothes. She's ready. She's out there. I felt like Cynthia was really down for it. She was, she was ready to have fun. I just got a little bit, I don't want to say uncomfortable, but uncomfortable when she was given that vibrator for inside her underwear. Now, I am not made uncomfortable by anybody's sexuality, especially not a, a woman of a certain age. But I feel like Cynthia is no lie an aunt of mine. And <laughs> I felt very uncomfortable with the idea that, that Candy was using that remote vibrator on her. <laughs> it was uncomfortable for me. Um, and then the swing happened. Oh um, God, that swing. And then she tipped $3. Okay, so... <laughs> We we have to unpack Cynthia here. How do we feel about Cynthia during this evening of her bachelor party, bachelorette party, excuse me? I was worried at first that Cynthia was going to kill the vibe because when Candy called her down the stairs, Cynthia seemed like, I know she was unsure of what was going on, but I was like, oh, is she going to be into it? Like, I didn't get the sense of someone who was like, let's have fun. I got someone who was kind of like, what's going on here? You want me to sit down? Like, but she definitely got into it. I think Latoya... Latoya put the vibrator in Cynthia's underwear. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that that's where I was kind of like, huh. <laughs> Pretty sure Cynthia could do that herself if she wanted. <laughs> yeah, but why not when you can get Latoya to do it? I mean. <laughs> True. Yeah, I completely agree. I was like, I was concerned at first because I was like, is this the bachelorette party Cynthia would want? So I always... I always designate myself for when my friends have bachelorette parties. I do like the goodie bags and the party favors and like, you know, the, the flash tattoos or whatever. And I always have to ask, like, are we pro penis paraphernalia or con? Like you have to ask that question. And I know this is a very different level, but like, you have to be like, what do you want in a bachelorette party? I've had people be like, yeah, give me the giant blow up penis I can take out to the bar. And I've had people be like, no, I don't feel comfortable with that. And like you, it's ultimately their party. So you want to make them feel comfortable. So I had the same thought when she walked down the stairs, I was like, oh, this could go like really bad. But I was like delighted that she seemed like she had a really good time. It just seemed like yeah. such a fun night. And I was like living vicariously through them of just like a debaucherous evening with your friends. Like yeah. maybe yeah, my that's... maybe my evenings don't go quite that far, but I'm like, <laughs> hey, after the pandemic, who knows? Who knows what I'll be capable of when you release me into the world again? <laughs> oh yeah, like you, you are a woman. Yeah, what 
What? How? Like, I really didn't even think about that. Like, you actually go to a bachelorette. How does that make you feel? Not, not. You know, I, I don't would like mean to reiterate. I am not wearing my disguise, so um, he can see my face. This concerns me. I'm literally blushing right now. Okay, go on, Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean that. I, you know, no, I mean, like, okay, in the way that okay. you would be going to a bachelorette party. Like, I didn't think about that. Would you? I feel this bachelor party is like was like a level 100. How would you feel being a part of a bachelorette party that went down like that? Um, it was a level 100. I haven't been to one quite like that before. I've been to a couple that went that took a left turn. And I'm like, we wake up the next morning. We're like, oh, well, that escalated quickly. It did not escalate to that level. I would say I would be I would be somebody like that would go probably at some point be like, good day, good evening. I'm off to bed. No judgment. Have fun. You know, like I would probably I would have fun until it was time for me to depart. The Drusadora exit. Yes. Good day. Yeah. Good day. Good evening. See you in the morning. <laughs> but I I do find the putting the to circle back the putting of the vibrator into the into the underwear. I feel like you get sex toys at a bachelorette party it's like but it's intended for use at a later time i have yet to be to a bachelorette party where it's like oh let's whip out this dildo like let's try it out you know what i mean like it's like yeah it's intended for a later evening usually that's what i i would think that's why that's what made me so uncomfortable in myself not anything that that they did was wrong but that's what made me just be like whoa like that's like that's a level of sexual um, it's well at that point I think it is like sexual with friends it's like kind of like whoa all right I didn't know what to expect from that moment from that moment I didn't know what was going to happen um, but it was a lot of a lot of fun and I would have <laughs> I would have closed the place <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of which what do we think happened when the camera crew left and like you know me and Donnie were like piecing together clues trying to see who was doing what in the shadows like what what did you all see? Portia is definitely one of them. And I would, I think Latoya, I don't care what time she said she went to bed. I don't care what time she was on Instagram. I think it was Portia and Latoya. I thought that, but Tanya was very suspicious. <gasps> as, you guys, as you guys know, Donnie and I have been watching a lot of Mary-Kate and Ashley <laughs> mystery series. And so I feel like this has really prepared me for this. <laughs> I've been collecting a lot of- wide open. <laughs> I've been collecting a lot of clues recently. I just feel like Tanya's whole vibe, maybe she was just uncomfortable with what potentially went down, but I just felt like her response was not that of somebody that was like, wait, what? Ha-? Like, she seemed very defensive. You're right. And let me change my answer then, because I'll just copy off of you. <laughs> but no, you're right, because at the pool, I mentioned this to Quinn, everyone else was like giggling about it. And they were like, what do you know? What do you know? And then when Tanya came, she like was flat faced. She was pissed off answering those questions. And then cut to later when they were in the, someone was telling, maybe it was Shamia, who was telling Portia and Tanya what was happening? Like towards the end of the episode, right before dinner. That was Latoya and Shamia, right? I think so. Yeah. So when they were talking to Portia and, um, and Tanya, Portia kept looking at Tanya instead of the person talking to her. Like they were like, she thinks it's you and somebody else. And then Portia would look at Tanya and then answer. Mm. And to me, it was very obvious that, yes, it was the person you're looking at. (laughs) Interesting. Okay. I didn't do any detective work. I just kind of like watched the episode um, at face value. I, now that you're saying it, 
Tanya was definitely like irritated with the line of questioning at the pool. I thought maybe it was not Tanya because the next morning I thought if she had, if she was one of the two and she does have a fiance, right? Like, I mean, who knows what happens in someone's relationship, but we can assume she has someone to answer to who she should not be doing this. Maybe, maybe whatever. She seemed like fresh faced and kind of like ready for the day and was like, oh my God, what happened yesterday? And I thought that was maybe like at odds with someone who would be a little sheepish with something to hide. But then you're right later on what you guys piece together and her behavior at the pool would be in line with someone who would not want that line of questioning to be, to be asked. Well, to play devil's advocate against myself, now that you've gotten me thinking, maybe, maybe she was just upset about that line of questioning. Cause she's like, I'm not a full-time housewife. I was getting a getaway. Like this was supposed to be fun. And now my reputation is potentially mm. tarnished. I'm not signing up for this. I'm, I don't think getting paid for this. Like don't bring me into this. So maybe that's where the anger was coming from. I did see that somebody posted on Instagram that like the room they said was the empty room used to be hers, but then she did win the murder mystery party. So she had been exited from that room. Yeah. So I don't know, a lot of, a lot of clues to gather, I suppose. <laughs> and it also ran through my head. Marlo heard moaning in that room, but Kenya was the only one that said two people. So I wonder if it was just one and Kenya just made it up to start trouble, but no one would be able to like say that's not true without saying they were the one with the stripper. Right. In real time, no one has like Portia is denying this, right? Yeah. They all are. I think Tanya quit over it. Does, doesn't it seem odd to you that Portia wouldn't have just owned it? Like, is it possible? Is it possible? Nothing happened. I mean, I guess I don't know why possible. she would. I don't know why she would be so adamant in her denial when there's there's like no not really a reason right you mean nothing happened between it. her and bolo or nothing happened period with anybody period with anybody i guess i don't, I know. don't know i mean he stayed I mean, he all did night. leave he left at seven yeah he left it right yeah and the party seven. went till like five so he wouldn't have just slept for two hours and then left like he was yes. doing something in that bedroom <laughs> Unless, I mean, yeah. unless, and allegedly, 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 I don't have FabFitFun money. This is coming from my brain, et cetera, et cetera. Unless they were all just like doing drugs. Like if they were just doing Coke all night oh. or something, not to pull a Jackie, but like maybe they were doing Coke in the bathroom at a party. Like maybe they were doing something else all night and then he left. Like maybe it didn't have to be sexual. Maybe they were just doing other things that they didn't want to do on camera. I don't know. That makes mm. sense. Possibly. Huh. <laughs> that's something to chew on folks <laughs> um, but speaking of um king and marlo agreeing that they heard something they actually came to an agreement about something else this episode they decided to bury the hatchet uh, for the time being so how long do you think this will last we know that it's still going on now but i would say this is not precarious at best we'll see what happens at the reunion because filming's done for the season and they have that picture together recently that richie showed us so at least at least to current times and then we'll see if anything's said at the reunion yeah kenya is a hard one kenya is a hard one to pin down because it's almost like She's been good with Candy and Cynthia for so long. Like, I don't, aside from like some little hiccups with uh, Cynthia, but nothing earth shattering. 
it's almost like Kenya makes a friend and is good with them for a while on this show, at least. Or if you're like a Nini or a Marlo or a Portia, it's something that can never get on the good track. So it's like TikTok before the the bottom falls out of this. But I like seeing it. It was cute. I'm an eternal optimist and sometimes just dumb about this type of stuff. But I felt like it wasn't just a Band-Aid apology, at least. Like, it seemed like a really genuine moment between the two of them. It seemed like it was an actual apology. It seemed like both of them were actually hearing each other and appreciative of what the other person had to offer. It was not a housewives-level apology, in my opinion. So at least it was, like, a little bit more where maybe that almost, like, buys us. It, like, extends the clock a little bit. Like, I don't think this is a forever type of situation, but it's, like, maybe this will get us to, like, this time next season when they inevitably fall out. Like, I feel like maybe that, because it was so genuine in nature, and Marlo did, like, I felt, like, sincerely address and apologize for some of Kenya's concerns and vice versa. So I'm, like, maybe this could, I would love to see, I love, like, a a half a season alliance of two unlikely friends. I, I always love to watch it. Yeah, it's a fun yes. mix-up. So we'll, um, we'll see how long it holds water. <laughs> we also saw Latoya starting to see some cracks in the visage of Kenya. And um, I think this is I've, like what Anthony was saying, or maybe Chelsea, I don't know. <laughs> I forget you're a woman, Chelsea. So. <laughs> 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 I don't know you but... <laughs> Um, I think now that Kenya, I mean, it didn't exactly work out like this, but I feel like Kenya is having a Marlo friendship now. So now the Latoya friendship is puckering out. And I know that's not why Latoya's friendship with her is ending. It's because Latoya saw who Kenya is and not the Kenya who she was pretending to be all this time with her. But I do think it's odd, like she lost one and now she gained a new one. She, Latoya would have to be headless not to see how Kenya really is. So <laughs> it was only a matter of time. Headless. But it's Seriously. True. Yeah. So with that, I mean, I guess we've wrapped up Atlanta and therefore we can move to final thoughts. I feel like Jerry Springer when I say that. <laughs> final thoughts, everyone. My final thought is, I don't know if we ever will find out what happened with Bolo, but I would, I think for me to get closure, I'm going to need answers. It can happen at the reunion, but I'm going to need answers. My final thought is Atlanta related as well. And I know there's lots of uh, talk about the appropriateness of Kenya trying to get to the bottom of what happened and who it was. Um, Is it any of her business really? No, but I mean, I'm happy she's doing it because we have a show to make here, people. And aside from Bolo, I truly have no idea what the other stories that are going on are. (laughs) Like, I don't know what would be getting us to the end of this season if it wasn't for Kenya. So thank you, Miss Moore, for keeping this (laughs) this boat running. (laughs) My final thought is Whitney and Heather, weather, tornado, destroy. (laughs) (laughs) Iconic. Like the craft. More like Charmed. Loved it. Second Charmed (laughs) reference. I got two in. Um, My final thought would have to be that I am very anxious about any other cameras being on Mary for any period of time. I, Unless things are very laid out for her in a secure way, I do not know what to expect going forward with her. But I'm going to keep watching because she signed up 
for it and you know it is what it is but i'm very nervous about mary just in general about her she she makes me nervous well um i guess that does it we should thank chelsea the woman for being here <laughs> thank you for having me <laughs> but it's, it's been great yeah thank you for coming on yeah, thank so much you. fun no, this was so fun. I was so excited to talk with you guys. And this was just delightful for a Monday evening. It was. And Bolo Chanel outfit was not real. Marlo peeped it. Know that. <laughs> Bolo, no, he didn't, honey. Jesus. I'm sorry. So I'd like to thank you all for listening. And if you'd like to support the show, be sure to visit buymeacoffee.com backslash know that pod. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at KnowThatPod. And you can follow me at Quentin Lamar on Twitter. You can follow me, Anthony F. Casella, on Instagram. And a reminder, I do want your Below Deck episode recommendations, so please reach out. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at RealDonnyWood. And Chelsea, remind us where we can follow you. Sure. So you can follow me at Instagram at Ono Bravo or on my Patreon, patreon.com slash Ono Bravo. Great. And everybody continue to listen and subscribe for free to know that a Real Housewives podcast on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your shows. And don't forget, our blog is now available. You can check that out in our show notes. Anthony will be updating that weekly. So check it out. Bye. Bye. See you. Bye.